and welcome to the We Will Nomad podcast. I'm Lisa. And I'm Andre. And together, we will nomad. Welcome to episode two, is full-time travel for you? Now that we've introduced ourselves and told you a little bit about ourselves, the question is whether full-time travel is something that you're interested in. Well, I must be interested in doing it. <laughs> well, hopefully we're interested in it. So you're asking me. <laughs> yeah, what do you define as full-time travel? Start with that, I guess. I guess so. Um, I would say for me, full-time travel is when you are traveling for longer than six months, if I have to put a time frame to it, but possibly longer than a year. And I would say it's when you don't have a place that you call home that you're going back to. So you're not counting down the days like, I'm doing this for so long and then I'm going back. You're just doing what you're doing right now, and that's traveling. I guess full-time travel can be defined differently for different people. I mean, uh, full-time travel could be a temporary thing, potentially. But full-time for now. But temporary now. for what? <laughs> yes, for what length of time? Full-time for now. But it, I feel that I can agree with you. I, I think not having a home base does take it to a different level of being nomadic and I th it might be a bit of a stretch for most. So I would suggest that my definition of full-time travel is for an uh, undefined period being away from wherever you would normally call home. In a way, I also wanted to use the word uh, undefined period, but then I thought if you know that you're going to be traveling for two to three years, in my opinion, that's pretty much full time. That I wouldn't full -time. see that. Uh, so even if you have a defined period and you know that in three years' time you need to be back, I think for that period you would be doing full time travel. What about a year? That's I'm not sure. I, th I think everything past a year. Strange now how we put that are we going to do this for a year somehow the year time frame seems full time <laughs> well no it just it seems like that's the goal oh yes whether we, we're going to take mm -hmm. uh, or quit our job or we're going to somehow convince our, our employer to give us time off and we're going to do mm -hmm. a sabbatical we're going to travel for a year and then we're going to go back and get back into the grind grindstone back to normality the so day, to say the day to day and <laughs> But it's, it's odd though, I guess a lot of times you get towards the end of a year and then you just keep going or maybe because you've been doing it, some other opportunities have presented themselves. But what full, the definition of full-time travel, I think it's very broad. I think so. And I think maybe it's not time-related. Maybe one cannot say it's six months, a year, or two years, but maybe it's more about the way that you travel. And I think that's where, for me, it's about defining what is travel and what's vacationing, going on a vacation. Because if you're going on a vacation, even if it is a fairly long vacation, we've done many months-long, even eight-week-long vacations for instance, when we did our road trip to the States. But I never saw that as full-time travel. That's true. That's true. So I, I think that's the, that's maybe the question is, what's a vacation and what's full-time travel? If it's not a vacation, then it qualifies as full-time travel. <laughs> I think from our, from our perspective, up till now, it's been a case of restructuring leave days from full-time employment in a way so we can travel in between working. 
Yes. That maybe, would be a vacation. Maybe it's about knowing what happens after. So when usually when you go on vacation, you know that afterwards you're either going back to your job or you're going, you know what you're going back to. Whereas with travel, the minute I saw it as full-time is we didn't really know, well, what's going to happen next? For sure. I think um, for a lot of people, uh, a longish vacation could be the same as full-time travel for all intended purposes. Not sure I agree with that. Fine. (laughs) So the question is, how would you classify full-time travel? Maybe you've got some ideas or... I don't think there are black and white rules or guidelines. I think if it's in your mind, full-time, if all that you can think about and all that you're concentrating on and focusing on right now is travel, then I think for you it's full-time. And depending on where you are in your phase of life, full-time may or may not be as long as before. So when you're 20 and you come out of a varsity and you start traveling and you have no idea what happens next, even if you're doing that for only a year or a gap year, in your mind, I think it is full-time. Absolutely. And um, what I think what comes from that is a lot of people who, you know, nowadays, you see a lot of people take their work on the road and they call themselves full-time travelers, even though they work full-time. Mm-hmm. And travel maybe a, mm-hmm. a, a little bit differently so it's not it's not just a, a definition of exploring and uh you know happy-go-lucky yeah it's not just travel it's actually about locations i think that's also there, there's two definitions yeah. one is full-time travel and the other one is just being location independent which Absolutely. is a very catchy phrase these days yeah. but maybe, I, and <laughs> sorry maybe we can get back to that point rather oh you want to talk about no, that I mean, let, let's talk yeah. about that because i think that's uh, i mean yeah. there are all these new terms and phrases which are being thrown around full-time travel nomadic yeah. uh, vagabond well, uh, location independence <laughs> and if you look you can go and look up some definitions on wikipedia or the new dictionaries but everybody's got their own definition of them and i think location independence to me is more about your main focus is not necessarily traveling and exploring and seeing new things but your focus is on not being tied down Yes. But you may have to work every day. Maybe you don't. Maybe you work for a month, then you travel for a month. It it can vary between the two. But full-time travel, your main focus is not necessarily generating an income, but your main focus is exploration, I would say. I think what Lisa's trying to say, (laughs) (laughs) after all that, Um, I know of many people that work full-time and do not have a home base. People yes. working 40 hours a week and they don't have a home. They can they, do it from anywhere. They, they, they might be based in different countries at different times of year. And obviously nowadays you hear a lot more of the sort of uh, the RV and van life movement where people are actually um, working full time, but just from the road. Mm. Sometimes it evolves into a slightly different approach to what you do for a living. A lot of people start out doing what they used to do, just uh, embracing sort of the digital era and making use of technology to keep doing what they used to do. Yeah, or the normal, normal job, so to say, but from anywhere. I guess if you can do it digitally, it might not be normal, but nowadays there's a lot more of that type of jobs where you can be remote, and I think you can transition from them to doing your own thing, or basically self-employed. So, um, but I think right now, from our perspective, we do differentiate between being so-called location independent. Yes, and but needing to work, needing to generate income. And traveling. 
Yeah. Full time. I think that that's a big difference for us traveling right now is we don't necessarily plan on working on the road. What we do on the road, like this podcast, is just for fun. And we sort of, sort of suss things out and figure, figure things out for ourselves in a weird way. As opposed to having a strategy. Or having to put in a certain number of hours every day. Correct. Because you are dependent on income or you have responsibilities, you need to... Um, what do you say? Be productive. Yeah. Yeah. Or you need to be account. You're accountable for some level of hours that you put in, or work that needs to be produced. Absolutely. So I think that sort of leads on to the next question: Which type of nomad do you want to be? Uh, do you? Uh, I, I guess the most attainable version would be the the person who takes on sort of a a virtual post and work remotely and be more location independent which allows you to travel in between well i think that's often a lot more sustainable or easier to reach a level of sustainability if you've got a fairly constant income stream from the work that you're able to do anywhere means you can keep going Hmm. whereas often the alternative is saving up to reach a certain bundle of money and then the using it. You didn't rob any banks that I know of. This is bundle of money. No, only the ones you don't know of. Okay, okay, I don't want to. So yes, I think. Um, so, so what we what you're saying is that some people save up. They go on a year long trip. Yes, they know they've they got go X back. amount of money. They're gonna make it last. And you stretch that, or you blow through it, which either one, depending on the type There's of person you are. Yep. Or you maybe you start out like that, and then you transition into a location independent traveler, and yeah. you work, work part time, or you figure figure out, out a way how to yeah. make money on the road. There's plenty of. I think nowadays there's so many opportunities. You can do virtual assistants. I think that's the most obvious mm-hmm. one. You can create online businesses. You can do uh, development or programming or coding. That's a big thing. And depending on your skill sets, I think especially yes. there's so many, particularly more in the creative line. Absolutely. If you are a video, a video photographer, artists. Not um, even. A, a lot of people actually find a, a, a niche, well, a niche, I suppose. A lot of people find a business in creating products and doing sort of product mm-hmm. development and then redistribution, sort of drop shipping, that kind of way, creating yeah. online stores. and But... And I'm perfectly honest right now. That sounds like work. <laughs> a lot yeah, of work. You, you can see we're the lazy type. No, no, no. no, no hold on. But, I'm, I, 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 you can't speak for me. I'm not the lazy type. I think um, if there's a lazy one, that's not. Oh, <gasps> what? No. All right. But and I think that those opportunities also for various things, not just having to be the typical. You know, you see things on social media, and oh, okay. If I can't take amazing videos and take wonderful photos, I won't be able to make money on the road. I think the opportunities are becoming more and more and being more varied. Like mm. you said, now it's not just the ones we see every day. There are so many more opportunities to be sure. able to make money on the road and be location independent. However, I think we're slipping down a rabbit hole here. <laughs> we're talking about financing your trip, and that's not the purpose of this conversation. No. We're trying to figure out, Is can you or do you want to be a full-time traveler? Because as we touched on, there's a big difference between just going on a two-week holiday or a even a two-month holiday than traveling sure. full-time. And contrary to popular belief, I hate to break it, guys. <laughs> Contrary to popular belief, it's not always roses 
and sunsets and beautiful blue skies and yeah. white beaches and waves lapping on the shore look it can be but you're always going to be there to see those <laughs> sometimes you pick a country where it just rains day after day after well, day even though it wasn't supposed to absolutely I mean, that, that's even that's that's even best case scenario uh, the, the the truth is that travel can be, be hard work. work hard work because what a lot of people don't understand and realize is if you travel full time you have to make decisions every day which you would not normally make mm -hmm. when you back at home or doing your normal day routine. If you're at home and you have a job, whether you have children or not, you have a fairly set routine. A lot of people go through those motions day in and day out. Mm -hmm. And you sort of know uh, how things are going to pan out, if you're lucky, I guess. Or you know, wake up, brush your teeth. Yes. You know what you're going to have for breakfast. You know where your breakfast is coming yeah. from. You know which route you're going to take to work. For sure. You know where you're going to go, what time you're going to be back. And those are the things that aren't just taken for granted when you're traveling. Every day brings with its, Some I don't know, probably more than 10 additional I want to say uncertainties, mm. challenges, things that you have to think about and actually make a decision. Oh, it could be as simple as, hey, Lisa, what do you feel like eating tonight? <laughs> and then Lisa oh, says, where like, are we going to find food? And then, and then Lisa <laughs> says, oh, I don't mind. What do you feel like eating tonight? And Andre says, man, you know what? I'm happy with whatever you choose. No, but I'm happy with whatever you no, choose. No, I just want to make you happy, honey. <laughs> Let's see what you want to do. Because that's the... And other days, I do know exactly what I want. That's true. I'm going to point so that that's out. That's actually good days. I must, I must say, uh, I think when you... Especially we did a bit of uh, camper vanning last year. And suddenly you realize, oh, goodness. Where are we going to sleep tonight? What are we going to eat? What if we don't find the field station? What, what route are we going to take? Are there going to be tolls on that route? Will our camper van fit through the small <laughs> tunnel? <laughs> are we going to have to reverse? And, <laughs> and if, you, if you travel for any length of time, you always got to be careful not to be trapped with that uh, constant decision-making. You can spend almost all your time thinking about what your next move. Mm. And I think that's one of the advantages of traveling a bit slower, that you do allow yourself uh, room for wiggling I think you have to. I think there's two things. You're over, once, overloaded with the amount of decisions, the number of decisions that you need to make in a day, which you're not used to, as well as one's senses are also overloaded. There's so many more things that you're taking in. You stay in a hotel or somewhere and you go find breakfast. On your route to breakfast, you're looking at places, you're seeing new things. Everything in your surrounds is in new your... and different. The smells mm. are different. Having to try and read Chinese signs on the wall are different. Or just so your getting body to be is, is a, a challenge like or yeah. it's just something new. And that can be, even if you don't realize it immediately, after a period of time, I would say probably two weeks, maybe three or two weeks, you definitely start feeling that overload on the system mm -hmm. of what you're taking in and the additional decisions you need to make. I think it very much depends on the pace you travel at. Uh, you know, a lot of people go on a two-week trip and they see seven countries. Yeah, well, I'm saying if you're doing it at the speed of vacationing, <laughs> sure, that's, then I would say after two weeks, you really start feeling that. I mean, I'm yeah. sure many of you have gone on a holiday where you come back and you go, oh my God, I need a holiday. <laughs> I need a break from all this. That was just and and usually that is how we used to holiday in a way as well because you've got one month and I think we were good still. We used to choose 
one country to see in a month. We wouldn't try and see the whole of Europe in one month. We don't even see the whole... Oh, we don't even pretend to no. see a whole country in a month. <laughs> we go to a, a region or pick a few areas in a country that sort of fit together. Or we have some sort of a mission. Yes, but even then, That's we say, okay, oh my gosh, there's three volcanoes we want to climb on this island. We have to climb all three of them. And you try and squeeze in as much as possible because you are there for a defined period of time. That's the key, though. And because you have limited time. Yes. And you sort of had a fix... Have a semi-fixed itinerary on a vacation. This is what's different. When you're a full-time traveler, everything changes because time doesn't really matter, unless you booked around the world uh, twice, then you have a slightly different <laughs> agenda. But Maybe. if you're flexible, uh, you can you can afford to a bit more time to take it easy and you know, the, the small things doesn't bother you as much. Maybe yeah. that's one of the things that defines full-time travel, is where time is not the first priority. Mm. It's the secondary... Sure. You know, maybe your financial constraint is still the first, but when you have a vacation, usually time is absolutely the first thing. We've got this amount of time, and then you figure out what are you going to see. Whereas now, often we say, this is what we want to see, and then you just see how long it takes you. I I remember, uh, I think we're fairly relaxed travelers, generally speaking, because our style, we travel travel slower, and we're not not too bothered by, I mean, obviously we try and avoid crossing borders and within um, a shorter time and don't travel too much, don't take too many flights in a short time. But I still remember small things sort of, ups, not upsetting, but, you know, throwing over the apple cart a little bit. Oh, gosh, I mean, the, the flight is delayed. delayed by an hour. Oh, no, we, we know we're going <laughs> to arrive late here and then this is going to have this knock on effect. And it's now we're going to arrive, it's dark, we're going to miss that one hour of light when oh, we're supposed we to see the site before we this, get to the hotel. Yes, yeah. we want to go by this and nowadays, you know... If a flight's delayed, it really doesn't phase us. Oh, anything's <laughs> delayed, I really bother. It doesn't really matter. No. So but, I think you do, it's a mindset change. Yeah. But maybe you, you fall into that once you start traving for so. longer. Uh, it's not, it's, and you, you, you can't pretend like um, if you're on a short-term holiday that you have the luxury of... Smiling when you're quite straight. <laughs> you are going to be annoyed, and that's completely <laughs> no, acceptable. for sure. But I think sure. the point that we wanted to make was that full-time travel is not just what you see on social media. There are a lot of or challenges that come with it. It's Absolutely. not just uh, roses and sunshine. Absolutely. But there are some incredible... I think the highs of full-time travel are a lot higher than any vacation. I think those positives, the things that you experience and what you can gain from it is a lot more than you can take from any vacation and the lows are probably lower. Uh, well, what would be important to mention is that yeah, we're all different. Uh, some people are just not made for traveling and uh, some people are a little bit um, more concerned with routine and that, that makes them more comfortable and maybe more productive and we have to realize that we're just not all the same. And no. I think if, if you compare, there are, there are, there's a category of people who thrive on traveling solo. Yes. They, they believe this is the only real way to, to, to fully experience a place because if you travel with someone, like for example me and Lisa, we travel together and it does have its negatives. The negatives I can point out from a traveling perspective is you can isolate yourself mm. from your immediate surrounds if you travel with a close partner. 
And that's something you really have to guard against. Whereas if you were a solo traveler, you'd probably put yourself out there a lot more. You have no choice but to immerse yourself well, a lot more I would hope. people. And yet you do get people who start out thinking they can do it and they just feel too quite, isolated actually. They can't quite fit in. They, you know, they, they're slightly anti, more antisocial than they than they thought they, they would be. Yeah. But that might be a good way to sort of push your boundaries a little bit if you're a solo traveler. Uh, to be honest, um, me and Lisa have been traveling. We've been traveling together now for what? 15 years. years and we've traveled very few times apart well you've traveled probably more I've traveled for work for sometimes a month at a time mm. and every time I do it and I obviously when I'm away in a new place I try to put some effort into seeing um, I don't wanna, seeing a new, 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 new spot and every time I get back I realize you know I'm, I prefer traveling with my partner. I, I prefer sharing that experience with, with you, Lisa. I was waiting for my name there. I was this partner that you... Uh, <laughs> elusive I'm partner. Uh, I, I prefer, I, I Imaginary think, friend. You know what? The other thing is... Um, I don't know. I can't really comment too much on being a solo traveler, but because maybe you are a bit more motivated to get out there if you are alone, or maybe you totally procrastinate and pull into your shell and start becoming hermit-like, even on the road. And that's what you see a lot. You see solo travelers sitting in a little corner. Yeah, not talking to not anybody. Talking to anybody. Whereas I think we will still so often approach people, and I think we make a concerted effort to do that. Probably, also. probably. Um, but it depends very much on you as a person. Mm-hmm. I think whether you are that type of person who rather wants to do your own thing, or and or whether you have a friend, companion, partner mm. who travels well with you. And I think that's a very important ask, um, question or topic to touch on because you yourself might be the one, okay, yes, full-time travels for me. This is absolutely what I want to do. But your partner may not necessarily be in the same space or you may not travel well together. I think oh, we can gosh. all say we well, know couples who are great couples, but if it comes to traveling, maybe it just doesn't work. <laughs> I think traveling uh, uh, with a significant other could be a defining moment in your uh, relationship, yes. so to speak. And uh, <laughs> you might learn a few things about yourself in the process. Not all bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think some couples are not necessarily made to travel together. But if you can travel together then it usually makes you a fairly strong couple. I would say once you have traveled together and you realize you can do it. I, I think it very much depends on the type of traveling you do. You know, if your expectations of traveling are sipping cocktails on the yes. beach, uh, you know, it was a beautiful sunset. And my expectation is climbing on a local Rickshaw. train with a backpack and um, hiking to the top of a mountain or... It's just not we, going to we work. might not be that compatible in terms of what we what our expectations are. Mm-hmm. So, and and I think that's where we we, we and also the, obviously the way you spend money. Uh, mm, I think that's really issue. important. Yeah. And I think also in terms of that, you know, full time travel versus vacation, is that generally if you think that full time travel is going to be just one extended vacation. You should probably think twice about it before you try it or give it a try and you're going to see that that's not the case. Whereas if what you're looking for is something more than just a vacation, then it's more full-time travel. And that is not sitting on the beach sipping cocktails all the time. It can be if you've loaded no, with money. Full time, not full well, time. if you're absolutely loaded no, with money, it boring. could be, I guess. But I would get bored, absolutely. But uh, maybe that would A lot of people want sort of the luxurious break. To, to 
to sort of have an escape from their day-to-day grind. I mean, if you're, you're a stressful job and you want 10 days away from that, that's that's maybe just what you need. And Absolutely. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, having a vacation no. or a break. No, no. But I that's not full-time travel. No. <laughs> no, no, no. I, Sometimes I, we need a vacation from full-time travel, in fact. And I can do with that. Maybe a, okay, maybe a week's too much, but three, four days sitting on a beach sipping cocktails as a break from our full-time travel. I can see that working. I think it's early days for us now on this last uh, excursion, but I do remember you get to a point, if you vac- like we used to vacation once a year, we always Long went vacation. to a fairly uh, different destination, like um, somewhere in Asia or whatever. And a longest trip, three to four weeks at least, and you do get to a point because your the pace of travel is quite fast. Mm. Uh, you 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 move within two days every, to a new spot every time, and you, it, it does start catching up a little bit on you. And you do get to a point near the end of the trip, and it might be because you realise you're approaching the end of the trip, and maybe if you so inclined, you start already thinking about what's waiting for you at the end of it, and you have to get back into responsibility. And there's a sense of, I'm ready for this to end now. I want to have go back. Have my own bed, have my yes. own shower. I want to go back and I want to Flash just have normality. I want some, just a bit of comfort again. Mm. There's a sense of that. Uh, but I want to add, sorry, uh, is that about two years ago or three years ago was the first time, I think we were in Indonesia, mm-hmm. where I said, and we were in the second last oh, yes. day of our trip, and we, we we both actually said it. It's like you know what? We this could is, this is after one month in Indonesia. We said this is one of the first times where I felt I really don't want to go home. No, I don't want to go home. I'm very happy. If just we could just this. cancel that flight home and keep traveling, we would do yes. that. Yes. And um, I remember that was a bit of a turning point for us, mm-hmm. realizing okay, you know, we can do this. No, I I completely understand. A month is not three months or six months or a year. No, but even after, I think we also got that feeling in the camper van after three, we had four months mm. and we knew it was a defined period of time and we were taking it a little bit slower, but we were still moving on every few nights. Sure. And it was the same, after about three months, we said, we need to slow the pace down a little bit because then we knew we only had one month left and we almost wanted to pick up the pace because, oh, we can see so much more. We've got a limited period of time. And at the same time, our bodies were telling us we just wanted to stay in one place almost for a week, relax, take a break, and then go again. And we did that. We went back to Italy. We stayed in a little cottage for a while. Mm. And then we got going again. We were ready to keep going. Recharge your your travel battery. Yes. (laughs) But I think that also also comes back to what level of comfort you expect to have on the road and what do you need to make yourself feel comfortable or maybe at home? I I think uh, that sort of uh, leads on from the previous question we talked about traveling solo, where a lot of people thrive on solo traveling. But you could also argue that home is home can be wherever your partner is. Well, that's where I think being a couple, yeah. it definitely makes it easier. I mean, for me, if you ask me the definition of home, it's absolutely wherever we are. Mm-hmm. You could really drop us on an iceberg, and I think we'd be okay. Unless um, it's a, well, with uh, salmon fish, hopefully, or uh, something. What about what about I'm not scared of the bears. I think I'm As long as there's no spiders. Eating the salmon as a starter and then finish. finish I'll have the scraps. I think if you're a couple, it's a lot easier to make home wherever you are because you have got somebody that you're sharing your experiences with and sharing your space with. Whereas if you are a solo traveler, that might be a lot more difficult. I can't really comment on it. I think just on the flip side of that, though, 
some people might freak out if they spend 24 hours a day with <laughs> in each other's in company. Each other's company. <laughs> Many people ask us that, especially when you're camper vanning through anyway and you're living in such confined space with each other all the time and you have to drive together, you have to navigate together, you do Absolutely. really everything together. No, I'm not going to lie to you. I think some people do better uh, maybe share, sharing their, their time <laughs> a little bit differently. A lot of people... Uh, travel very well together, but they just need their own space or maybe their own time for a f- for a f- hour a day or maybe a few hours a week. I mean, I've I've heard of couples who travel together and they split up for a week mm. and travel separately, and then they meet somewhere else again. And they those people uh, just love that experience. In fact, it, it sort of uh, made them look forward to the reunion and it mm. added a whole level level to, or other level. I often wonder what they would be like. I wonder what solo travel is like, but I can't say I've reached the point where I wonder enough to want to do it. I think one's going to guard against, especially if you're in a couple and you travel together, that um, you know we don't get stuck into roles. Mm-hmm. In other words, and I think... Well, or you can get stuck into roles. Yes, I think it's one way, or the other. But I, I think you want to be able to be an independent traveler as yes. well. You want to be comfortable enough to... Not to be do, too dependent on the yes, other person. I absolutely. think that's important, yes. is to not be completely dependent on the other person. Maybe that's what solo travel will, will teach you. What we do, for example, is, uh, especially when we were camper vanning, it was interesting, we used to take turns, like days. <laughs> Today is Lisa's day, and she pretty much... And the tour guide. As Vita right on everything. pretty much everything. How many ice creams we eat. <laughs> Generally, we have, between us, we have a sort of standing rule that we have to agree on everything. Hmm. How okay. well does that work? It doesn't work so well because... Um, I'm more persuasive. <laughs> <laughs> no, but generally we do take, we don't try to, on a day where, okay, we've got the day to see the city and we both have this an agenda and then they don't agree. Generally it will be, okay, this person's in charge for the day, so to say. Yeah, and we take turns in doing that. Some days sure. it'll be Andres and he's in charge of Google. That's where we're walking. And I have no clue. We're turning left now. I don't know where we're going. Uh, so trust me, honey. Just trust you. And look at the other night. It took me to the most beautiful temple exactly, for Buddha's yeah. birthday with all the lights going. I didn't even know the temple's name. I had no idea where we were going. And the other days, I'll be in charge and I'll be doing that. Hmm. And I think that's good because you. I think what's important if you do travel with somebody else is to not put yourself second. So not compromise entirely on what's important to you. That's one thing that's really easy to do if you're a solo traveler. You're generally doing everything that you want to do, going where you want to go. And sometimes that's really important to learn about yourself and discover yourself as a person. And I think that's the one thing you shouldn't lose if you travel as a couple. You need to say, look, this is something that's really important to me. I want to see it. And if your partner doesn't necessarily want to see it, then you either do it alone or you agree you're going to do it together because it's important to you. Or you persuade me. Or you persuade him that it is really important to, I don't know, I can't think of a good example no, of that now. No, but, no. no we're but, probably the worst example because we generally pretty agree. much on the same page. If we have to pick between know. having a good ice cream somewhere or an experience versus just going to a touristy museum, then generally we'll always pick the same thing. Not the museum. You'll always pick the ice cream no matter what. No matter what. Yep. <laughs> and the other thing that I wanted to add on to that is, oh, now I lost my train of thought. Oh, yes. <laughs> okay. Is that you, so? Sometimes you need to 
both be able to do something like take charge for the day and other times you do fall into each person having a role so for instance when we do travel together most places and we rent a car or drive the camper van i feel that andre is the person who's better equipped to for instance drive the van so you would always drive and i would navigate i do I think it's all. best for all of us if i do the driving <laughs> and i do the screaming <laughs> <laughs> so I think sometimes there are the places crying. where in a couple, and you'll know this as well just from day-to-day life, there are certain aspects where you do each fall into having a particular role, and I think that's also okay. That's fine. Unless I have a great, wonderful desire to drive the camper van, which in Europe I did not. I think future, when we build our van and we go across America, I will definitely want to drive. Possibly. But sometimes you will have designated roles and things that you do. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we have to um, just consider the other person. I think it to make you a better traveler as well. But we're not going to stuck into a couple of travels now. That's a topic for a whole different discussion. First, think about whether you so want to be a full-time traveler. This is about, is full-time travel for you? And I think, how sustainable is full-time travel? And I think that's also depending on what kind of, what level of comfort you expect. How do you travel? The only way we can travel full-time is because we are pretty budget-conscious travelers and we've been frugal as a couple. We've got the same ideas of spending. We've got pretty much the same ideas on uh, how to spend our time and how to make savings to make traveling a reality for us. Uh, If you don't share those common goals, it'll definitely inform for a lot more challenging time. <laughs> and being budget conscious doesn't necessarily mean being uncomfortable. No. no so, no, no, I no. mean, for us, especially as a couple, the two things... You mean you don't like sharing a bottom half of a bunk bed? With <laughs> I, me. No, I'm taking the top. Oh, so you don't mind if I share the bottom half of the bunk bed with this other guy? This hairy, this hairy the hairy guy. guy. <laughs> Maybe no, you that's are just a joke. That's just a joke. <laughs> no, but there's a, there's a, there, there's a, there's a, there are very wide scales of levels of comfort. You don't need to be slumming it out in a backpacker's hostel. Hey, some hostels are great. Absolutely, we've seen many hostels, well, but generally we do go for as, as, an uh, ensuite room no, no. and a decent mattress. We we way too old to sleep in dorm rooms. <laughs> okay, I am way too old to sleep in dorm rooms, so we don't do that kind of traveling. But we still define ourselves as budget travelers, and the reason for that is that we strike try to strike that balance for what offers value and what gives you the most experience in terms of value. Well, let's not go into too much detail no. on this one because maybe that'll be our next no. podcast no, on what is budget, what do we define as budget conscious travel. Sure. But I think you need to ask yourself is what level of comfort do you expect? Do you want to be pampered? Do you expect to stay in a spa every day? Well, you can if you have the budget for it, but it's very much budget dependent. I yes. think for, for, the, for the average person who's considering a life on the road, so to speak, or location independence or nomadic life, Budget's always going to be an issue. Uh, well, Absolutely. from my well, we perspective anyway, <laughs> I think you're always going to have to figure out how can you do it cost effectively. Mm-hmm. And you'll have to find a balance somewhere. It depends, depends on where, which part of the world you want to be or have to be. It could be, uh, it could be a very different experience. You know? And I think that comes back to what you want to gain from the experience, which is probably the, the why question. Is why do you want to travel? Or why do you want to location independent depending on which one you, you're referring to actually a lot of people ask us 
Why would you want to do Why this? Why would you want to you, do You've that? got a beautiful house in Stellenbosch overlooking the vineyards. You've got great jobs. Why would you leave all of this? What's wrong with you guys? Are you nuts? <laughs> you're, you're killing your career. Oh, you're, you're, you're destroying your opportunities. Your future. You, your future is going down the drain. You really can't. You can't do this. What's wrong with you? Okay, so let me ask you. What do you want to gain from the experience? Are you telling me? Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm talking to the other I'm 10 just, people in our little room. Lisa, I'm just going where you go, darling. <laughs> <laughs> no, what do I want from my experience? Right now, it's it's not an easy question to answer. Right now is it's about being taking advantage of a phase of our lives, I think, and being able to explore and experience places, countries, people, friendships. The unknown, the uncertainty, maybe looking for a few answers, maybe even um, just want to have a bit of fun mm. in the process. I think it doesn't have to be so purpose-driven necessarily, but... No, some people do travel for the reason of they're going to find themselves. Or thing. I don't think for us that's necessarily the case at all. No, no, no. Um, I think I think right now, I mean, I can't speak for you, but I would, I would think we sort of share the same ideas. We primarily want to just explore different parts of the world. Absolutely. For me, it's I think a large portion of it is curiosity, just outright curiosity. Mm. And, you know, we, we sometimes... We live with such blinkers on. We grow up in a small town and you end up spending your entire life there and not knowing or not seeing anything else in the world. And there are so many people all over the world who do grow up like that. And not everybody's got the opportunity. And for me, I think it's about answering that curious question inside of me of what else is going on in the world and also making the most of an opportunity we are in a fortunate enough position to be able to firstly the world is global enough that you are able to actually travel i mean if you go back a couple of centuries we weren't able to travel the way we do today no never so mind being that. able to take advantage of that yeah, and then I mean, financially gosh, the, the world is so small you can travel quite easily i mean i, I looked the other day bet between our passports we can travel to what 170 172 countries i think you said visa free yes no, that it's is incredible. outrageous. I mean, come on. The, the opportunities that are lying at your fingertips, I just can't say no to a good opportunity. For sure. And to me, that's what this is. We've got a whole world out there that we can explore. I would like to explore further than the world, but currently my financial <laughs> position doesn't allow that. Further <laughs> than the world? Yes, I'd like, like to go. Galaxy. Yes, the galaxy. Oh, I'd love to go to space. Would you go to space? Maybe that's another podcast. No, I'm going to space. But <laughs> anyway, I would, we have the opportunity to explore this world. There are so many incredible different cultures out there. People who inherently we are all the same, and yet we are so different. And that to me is, is something that's really interesting and that I want to experience. For sure. I think one's also got to um, think about just the, the impact it has on you as a person when you do travel. Travel mm. to change, to change people. It makes you. But it changes your perspective, I think. Of course, it makes it gives you it makes you more compassionate. It gives you mm -hmm. such a it makes you more tolerant. It gives you perspective. You, yeah, it gives you empathy in a way because you are able to understand different people's viewpoints a lot better once you've seen them and experienced them firsthand. I think if you allow yourself to visit other countries and spend enough time in places and meet people and just see how people live. You're, you 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 probably change your perspective mm -hmm. on on many things, and as opposed to being 
so isolated growing up in a, and living in the same place. Mm. Would, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. A lot of people want nothing more than uh, having a, a more traditional life. And clearly for you, full-time travel is not an ideal no, it's it's thing. definitely not for everybody. And yeah. I think that comes down to how adaptable you are or how much you like change or how well you deal with change. Yeah. That's a very important question because some people do idealize full-time travel and they see it as an amazing vacation and they go on this, okay, we're going to go travel longer. And the minute they're on the road and things change and things aren't what they are used to at home and they feel out of their comfort zone and comfortable surroundings, they freak out and realize <laughs> that full-time travel is not for them. I mean, we know people like that. Well, and I mean, <laughs> we've also learned those lessons over time. The fact is that when you have any form of expectation, what you can't really measure, and you probably going to find something Some level slightly of different. Well, yeah, you know. And it's, well, it's, things will never work out exactly as, as you expect. No. I think that's the one thing you have to be comfortable with. No, absolutely. And if you if you want to travel full time, you need to learn how to be adaptable, mm. how to uh, be a bit more flexible, and not be so rigid mm. in your thinking and way of doing. So you know, you need to be open to. To other experiences. Yes, change and alternatives. Change. Alternative and and when things don't work out the way that they are planned, it's not necessarily always a bad thing. In fact, often it can be a really positive thing. It can be work out so much better or different. Actually, that's <laughs> the great irony of traveling. Anybody who's traveled and something happens, you know, it could probably be a, a negative thing, like something where flights cancelled. Well, that's a horrible thing. We don't want <laughs> flights cancelled. But what if you? Yeah, you, you get you get lost, or you you miss your lost, whatever, or you, um, you know, you get stuck next to. You get to a restaurant where that you're supposed to have gone to because this was a recommended one on TripAdvisor and it's closed, yeah. and then you end up just going to some random little place down the road, and the food is incredible and it's more hospitable, and you end up paying a tenth of the price that you would have in the uh, TripAdvisor. And those are the those are the ones that stand out. Those are the experiences. That I you remember, remember. I remember we spoke last last time we, we on, on episode number one we spoke about our very first trip, and there was one inc- uh, inc- incident. <laughs> That uh, jumps out at me now. We had uh, a friend in our hometown in South Africa, and he was studying there from abroad. He was actually from the UAE. He was from Dubai, and when he heard we were going via Dubai, he said, "No, he wants to get his brother to meet us there and show us around a little bit." So we we thought this is a great idea. Anyway, so he sets everything up, but way back it was a lot more difficult to communicate. There was no, we didn't have there was no WhatsApps no. <laughs> or anything like that. We had we no only, contact. We could send email, there. but that was pretty much the only way. From a computer in a hotel room, we yeah, didn't have of course. email on our phones. For sure, for sure. And uh, anyway, so long story short, so we set up this meeting for this one day in Dubai at uh, at one of the big mosques there, Jumeirah Mosque was for, for, for this, this, this friend's brother to meet us. And number 99, unbeknownst to us, after we've already left, he left a message at the hotel. He had to ur- urgently go to Abu Dhabi, and he would want to do it the next day. We were never got already, the message. We never we got the message. We were already waiting there. And we stood around, and out of the blue, uh, a young chap approached us and asked us if we needed some help. And it turned out he was, his English was great. In fact, he was from Morocco. He worked for Emirates Airlines. And he said, well, why don't you guys just 
join me, my, my wife's here, my, my child's here, and we actually got a friend of ours visiting from Egypt. And, and we're taking her around to see the sites. Oh, Why don't you guys just come along with us? Yeah, and so we said, well, that sounds great, thanks, hey? And, and we, we hopped in a car with him and spent the rest of the day together seeing the sites family. of Dubai. Mm, and, and looking back, that was one of those things where you, you sometimes have to say yes mm-hmm. and be open to it. And our plans went completely awry. And yet, there was an experience that... We can't go back and recreate. No, it was even if just you one of those things that happened in the moment, and it was so memorable was and so incredible. Absolutely. And that's one of the things for me when you talk about also what you gain from it yeah. is these experiences where you just see the good in humanity. Absolutely, I think stand the, out so much. There's just they're so special if you're open to it. Yes, absolutely. All right, so I think we almost ready to wrap this up because we've been waffling on for I see forty minutes already, <laughs> and I think the last question is. Um, I think Does full time travel mean forever? <laughs> no, I think we've, we've answered that. Forever? I think it doesn't mean forever, but it may mean for an, or not knowing what's next. I think that's the way I'd like to just to to wrap up. I, if I you agree feel, with that, I still feel that you can have a defined. I think you're going to be a full time traveler now, and and know that there is something else. Because let's be honest, a lot of people. That you get typical full-time travelers. You get sort of the young crowd who who take a break and they travel the world, backpacker style, mm-hmm. knowing that they are going to go back, settle down. Well, not settle down, but you need you've got you've got to take some responsibility at some point. You've got to find some employment, mm-hmm. or you need to find a way to generate income. And a lot of people want to get married and start a family, or just uh, uh, you know have a partner somewhere, or want to stay in one place. So the, the the travel part is just and now, but you it's know it's now. not forever. It's not, and we know a lot of people that's done that. People who travel for a year or even two or maybe longer, yeah. and then went back to no no societal norms, yes. so to speak. And they have experienced full time travel. That's it was definitely travel. a lot more than yeah. a vacation. And then you get people who who are prepared to travel long term, even if they have children. And they yes. take their kids with them on the road. Absolutely, um, there's more people that you think. Nowadays, you see that. a lot more of that. I think you see more of that with the location independence where people work and they take the kids with them, or, or maybe take them for a year. Mobile home crowd where it's mm. just easier to travel as a family. Temporary. Uh, yeah, it's a lot mm. easier than staying in hotels. Although, That's with true. this combined Airbnb style of travel, I think it's just as easy. Well, then you also get the, the sort of crowd like us who. First, sort out finances. Well, you, 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 I mean, I, I had to work for what, 25 years. <laughs> so, oops, I almost gave my age away. Um, and then you realize, hold on a second, maybe we shouldn't wait until retirement age. This is, this is maybe now's the time because when is, when is, when is, uh, when, when is the suit best time? Mm-hmm. How long am I going to wait? When's the right time? What do I wait until I retire? Or how can I make this happen? And I think that's an important question you have to figure out. Do I want to travel, whether it's for a year or six months or two years or five years, am I physically able to do it, firstly, and how I'm going to accomplish it? So set yourself some goals. How am I going to pay for it? Am I going to take my job on the road? Am I going to save up some money and do it? Or am I effectively working towards a goal to be financially independent where I have some form of uh, passive income to sustain me through it in order to make it a more sustainable affair absolutely and I think that's going to be different for everybody so, so how, do you then, how do you know when when you're ready 
I think it's always difficult to know exactly. At the end of the day, you're always going to be taking a small leap of faith. But I think you have to be calculated enough as to not just say, oh my gosh, yes, I want to travel full time. Let me pack my bag and head off now. Because then things always will be a lot more limiting for you, as in there will be a stronger deadline. Whereas if you can make a plan and put some financial um, plans in place, whether that is setting up a job that can be location independent or setting up other passive incomes, then you will have more freedom in the long term. But I wouldn't recommend waiting until you're decrepit and old and just hey, rich. Who are you calling decrepit? Oh, shucks. Did we wait too long? Oh, well, at least <laughs> so I'm not rich. So I think I don't between us, we're, we're probably at the perfect age. <laughs> I think yeah. If you take but our I think age, divide by two. <laughs> I think, I think it's a, there's a fine balance point, and it won't be the same for everybody. Obviously, it depends if you do have other responsibilities and things. But if you think about it long and hard, and it's something you're passionate about, and you've given enough thought to, then you will know, and you keep asking yourself that question, as to when is the right time, you will know and make the right call as to, okay, let's do it. I think the important thing is that roll it sooner than later. Yes. Make it happen. But have even plans if it's, in place. Even if it's short term. Yes. If it's something you want to do, do it now. And because you never know what happens tomorrow. You never have enough surety that, okay, if I wait 10 years longer, I'll have more money, but you may not be there. Yeah. It's a tough one. Look, it's not full-time travel. It's not for everybody. I think we both acknowledge that. Absolutely. And I think the more rea realistic way of approaching it is a, a, a defined period of time where you have a longish journey and how can you accomplish that? So I think what we could probably... You one, can talk on we for can hours talk, and we, hours. Yeah, one, one day we'll make we'll we'll have a chat about how could I potentially reach that goal. Yes, I think so. All right, great. Is that well, it? I hope you've. I think so. Have we answered all uh, questions? Uh, Are we I'm not sure if we haven't. Um, <laughs> pop us a note in the wait, comments. Wait, one more question for me. Are we full-time travelers? We are now. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, okay. We now qualify. We do not have a home base. We do not know where we're going next. And we are doing this for an undefined period of time. Gosh, I guess we are. And I guess we, we are, are definitely travelers. not vacationing. Oh, so, no wonder I'm I think... so stressed. <laughs> <laughs> that explains everything. And it's hard work living with you. So. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. So I think, yeah, um, it's something that does need to take some thought. And knowing yourself makes it easier to know whether full-time travel is for you. Yeah. All and right. we hope you enjoyed listening to this conversation. Uh, I think in the next one we'll go through what we classify as budget-conscious travel and give you a little bit of an idea about that. Yeah, because as you know, there's many different ideas on what budget traveling exactly is. Absolutely. So thanks for listening. All right. And we'll listen again next time. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, guys. Ciao. Bye.